Hello and welcome to the Access Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Misana. Once again, we are filming live tonight from Showtime Athletics in Holbrook, New York. And our special guest tonight is Jake Delorier. Jake is a senior at Eastport South Manor High School. He is also committed to Hofstra University, recently committed. So we just have a quick message here from our sponsors, the Vitality Center. No matter the level you play at, everyone wants to be at their best. Elite level athletes have a team around them to help them excel in every facet of the game. If you've ever wondered how you can have the same level of attention that the world-class athletes do, but without breaking the bank, then the Vitality Center is your answer. Their team of specialists can get you back in the game quickly and safely and keep you at your best throughout the season. Their holistic one-stop shop approach can address the physical and mental parts of the game to help you gain the edge you need to compete with the best. Conveniently located in Comac, New York, right off the LIE in the Northern State, the Vitality Center is ready for you. To learn more, go to Vitality Center LI or give them a call at 631-864-2784. All right, Jake, so first of all, thank you for your time. And yeah. uh, just wanted to congratulate you on committing to Hofstra. I know how stressful that process is. So, you know, tell our audience a little bit about your experience with the college recruiting process, even going back to, you know, last year, how COVID impacted it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's. It, I feel like I started late. I mean, people always told me, like, you know, it's never too late, it's never too late, but it always kind of felt like that for me uh, just because I just felt like I never reached out enough or um, I, I just didn't get the, the communications that I wanted to with other colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with COVID, it kind of just made it a little tougher because people, uh, scouts and stuff like that, were not able to come out, come watch everybody. And then at the same time, like, I, I couldn't also reach out to them because they were also working with their old team yeah with like the new red flags and all that stuff and the red shirting of their old players and giving them like an extra year which you know increased the rosters had a huge impact yeah and it was just you know it made a whole bigger difference in like like what they were looking for and who they wanted so it made it a lot tougher you know basically they thought that roster spots was going to clear up when in reality they never did yeah exactly yeah and so then how did the uh the hofstra uh situation come about so uh, one of my teammates, Carlos Martinez, committed earlier this year uh, to Hofstra, maybe last year in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, from there, um, uh, Coach Sorgi's been on me about it. He's been like, "Oh, well, Hofstra could be a good fit, you know? Like they they like you, and I could get you in there if you need. Like if you really want to go there, I got you." And I'm like, I just always thought about it through my mind. I just didn't quite know, like if this was the right spot, I still wanted to check out other places, other colleges, like I didn't quite know what my fit was yet. And going throughout, you know, the process, like the Hofstra went through a whole staff change, got Frank Calinato's there now with his own staff from NJIT. And, you know, I, I got to meet the staff. I got, I, they got to come out and watch me. And I just, it, it started feeling a lot better about it. Um, it just started feeling like a real home there. It's, better fit for me it worked out for the better then yeah you, know, you get a former major leaguer so that's that's not a bad situation um i mean i think it's kind of painting a broad brush but last year was was heck for everybody you know having to go through um you know like you said coaches dealing with red shirts um not being able to contact anybody but luckily like you know you have things like social media so how would you how would you say that you use social media maybe to put yourself out there? What, what is the upside of having a good social media presence as a modern-day athlete? Well, uh, I know uh, Coach Sorge used it a lot. He, you know, we would be in the, 
in the indoor facility i'd just be throwing and be throwing and that's where i got most of my velo up and then a mm-hmm. couple times i was reaching around the high 80 mark and then one time i hit the 90 mark and then uh sorgi immediately got that video he put mm-hmm. it on his his twitter and then he got some college scouts or they were already like oh who is this guy they're asking questions and mm-hmm. and then that felt good for me because like a, a small app like twitter like not so small compared to like you know other apps like instagram that are used more for us like mm-hmm. teenagers and uh snapchat and stuff like that but for t- like just for college scouts you just see it through twitter it's just amazing because then like they just saw me through 90 and they're like you know all the way maybe florida or like they're all the way down in like the carolinas yeah, it's like, got a huge reach exactly and it's amazing because mm-hmm. like they weren't going to come all the way out to long island you know in yapang to watch me throw a little bullpen when you know mm-hmm. they don't have no clue what they're coming for yeah and that kind of segues mm-hmm. me to my next point i think you know esm is a school that kind of slips through the cracks so to speak because you're not um a powerhouse you know you're not a larger enrollment school and it's kind of in the middle, it's tucked away in the middle of nowhere. The school, the, the field itself is a long walk. So did you ever feel like it was tough to overcome that stigma of like being, you know, Eastern Long Island, small school guy? You feel like you kind of get overlooked at times or even maybe players ahead of you. You've seen, you know, 2018, 19 or 20 graduates, guys that were really talented, helped lead the school to its county final appearance in 2018 and still didn't get the recognition that they deserved necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I did no like starting in middle school and then just as and then right before i went on the varsity team as a freshman um it's it, I, I didn't quite know the baseball team i didn't know how the varsity team was looking and then once it came around you know i'm seeing the team winning games i'm seeing the team make playoffs i'm seeing the team make a county run i was like wow I, i'm guessing the baseball team here is pretty darn good like they're making runs they're going towards you know powerhouses like i know like connect quad they were coming after yeah west, west islip, islip. Yep. exactly like and then I was like, well, if this is what ESM baseball is all about, then I'm, I'm so ready to step it up and get on the varsity team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was a rough freshman season. You know, it, it was, you know, it was we a went, transitional year for you guys. It was a transitional yeah. year. We lost a lot of good players, a lot of good talent. And, um, you know, I mean, as a freshman, I was new. I was still young. I, I still was learning the ropes of ESM baseball. So just uh, being, over, being out there, we kind of – I think we kind of just got – we got let down a little bit, and we kind of just – People started to forget a little bit because you know we made that little run, but then you know it's died down a little bit. You know it's transitional year, and mm-hmm. it, it's you know it's all rebuilding now and trying to get back into that spot. What was it like being a freshman on varsity? It's something that I didn't get to experience. Not a lot of people get to experience because you not only have to be talented enough, you got to be physically mature enough in order to you know for them to trust you that you're going to play with the big boys. These guys are four years older than you, three or potentially four years older. And I remember watching you at Kings Park, and you dominated. You threw a complete game against a pretty solid team. I think they were, um, they were actually, they were making a postseason push, so they were no pushovers at the time. So I mean, who who were some people that helped you, um, you know, mature, or and or also, what about the presence of Jim McGowan that helped ease your concerns as a young player? Um, I mean, as a freshman, you know, I was still learning the ropes. I mean, I was. I was always, I was always anxious, always like a little nervous going out there, cause like you know, you don't want to mess up with the team, you don't want to look like oh the freshman screwed it up for this <laughs> team, you know. But like, like I had the other third baseman, Matt Calabrese at the time, you know, he was he was he was a senior, but he always took me in, like teaching me th- things, and just whenever he was just always the nice guy, always being out there for me, you know. Even though I'm just a little freshman still, you know, looking to you know 
have an impact on the team. He was still there. He was still helpful, and he helped me out a lot. And it make you feel inferior. Yeah, and it just made me feel part of the team. You know, just having that because with a bunch of seniors on the team, you know, looking down at there was only three freshmen on the team at the time. Like, it's it just feels like overwhelming, and just him having being there just made it feel all like more comfortable and more like home. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, three freshmen actually is a pretty good number. Most teams have zero, I would say, on average. So does that mean that you guys are going to be pretty experienced this year? You'll have three, four-year varsity players? Yeah, I mean, having having us for four years of varsity, our, us three freshmen, uh, is, is a great great opportunity for us because we have the experience. We know what it's like. We know what, what we have to do, what we have to grind at. We, just, we know what we have to work at and just keep on pushing towards that playoff run that we're looking to do. Who are some of the other impact guys uh, for the upcoming season? Uh Definitely, so definitely the freshman Rich Tanya and Derek Messino from three years ago. But uh, Danny Tiedemann, uh, he's definitely going to be an impact guy. He hasn't been seen a lot. He's been hurt. Uh, he was going to get pulled up 10th uh, grade, but COVID hit, so he wasn't able to play then and got hurt last year with a thumb injury. So uh, he's going to be he's gonna be like our, our second rotation guy. He's going to be our big four guy in the order he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that we need to step up for the team and mm-hmm. he's gonna he's just gonna be the guy that's filling in the spots that are just gonna take us to the playoffs yeah big impact guy and yeah. last year i covered your game against hot Pog. it was at home it was probably one of the longest games that i remember it was like you guys scored like eight or nine runs in the first inning you had three different rbi doubles in the game which is pretty incredible and uh just looking at your stats from last year 12 doubles you hit 400 through 47 innings on the year uh, what do you take more pride in uh, as a player? Hitting, you know, driving in the runs or preventing them? Mm, it's, it's, it's a kind tough of, one, right? It's, yeah, <laughs> it's really tough because, you know, it's always you always have that high moment when you're like, oh, you know, you're down one, the game's tied. It's like a tough situation, you know. And then you get that base hit that scores a couple, and then they come home. You're, you have the lead. But then at the same time, being a pitcher, you're out on the mound. Your team needs you to shut down the game. You know you're pitching against a really good squad that's you know barreling baseballs up the entire season. Like Newfield last year, they were barreling balls up the entire season, and I got to pitch against them uh, the one time, and you know they were a tough team. Like I let up a home run that game, but you know it, I, I, I like I pitched well, pitched well to the to the last game, the last inning. But I mean, the, just the feeling of just being able to shut down a good team is is just like something unreal. Oh, that was the last series of the year I think right yeah one of and those then they, uh, yeah they, they got you I think uh, Dylan Johnson pitch um, let's see so volleyball I wanted to talk about so you're a volleyball player actually missing out on practice right now so if the volleyball coaches listen we apologize for Jake being late but so um, how long have you been playing and uh, has that been a tough balance you know being a high-end baseball player have you ever felt like People were pressuring you, you know, to quit so that you could just be a, a specialized athlete. And how did you manage to stay focused? Um, I don't think I was ever pressured into picking one or the other because I, I people always supported me, being like, "Oh, being a two-sport athlete, three-sport athlete, like that—that's something you need to, you know, you need that dynamic. You can't just like focus on one thing at a time because just having that mobility, just to be able to do multiple things at once, it's it, it's, it's great. Important. Yeah, and you know, I just. You know, being able to play volleyball during the fall season, you know, gets me that work, you know, because there are similar uh, aspects in volleyball that, you know, you use in baseball. So just being able to, you know, constantly moving around, being athletic and just 
doing all the things I need to progress towards the baseball season, it just really helps me. Mm-hmm. And what are some things you wanted to work on this offseason as it pertains to uh, baseball? Well, I'm definitely going to get back in the weight room, you know, keep gaining pounds, keep trying to get that velo up as much as possible, and and just keep working, working, and working at, you know, mechanics and just, um, you know, in the batter's box, you know, looking at pitches, seeing pitches, just being able to drive the baseball wherever it needs to go. Mm-hmm. On the mound, just being able to locate more, being able to just get hitters out when it needs to that, that time needs to happen. So. Yeah, in the big moments. Yeah. Um, who do you work with? Do you have any um, any private instructors? Uh, I do not. I usually just in my backyard, I would just hit baseballs or uh, if I need a bullpen, I'll you call, call on my coach. I'll be like, hey, I need to get in. I just, I just want to throw a little bit or I'll take my brother out to the field or something. I'll just start throwing to him. But That's I mean, the I, ESM way, go in yeah. the backyard. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's see. So we talked, we touched on, um, you know, your college commitment and everything. So real quick, before I let you go, we're going to go a little lightning round here. Favorite players in Major League Baseball? Right now? Yes. Right now? Or history, whatever comes to well, mind. Well, history's got to be Derek Jeter. Okay. Um, right now? Uh, Which I'm always amazed by that. There's going to be a point, I guess, in the next couple of years where kids stop saying Derek Jeter. Like, that was, you know, from the time I was a kid, even through now. So you're talking about... He's he's literally inspired a generation of baseball players, which even as a, growing up as a Met fan, I always respected it. I mean, the guy you, you literally can't say anything bad about him. He won in New York under the the microscope for twenty years, and now he's been retired for seven years. You were in what in fifth grade when he retired, yeah. and you're still saying that he's your favorite player. So I got to give, I mean, tip your cap to to the captain for that. But anyway, who are your uh, I would say current favorite players? Um. He didn't have a good season this year, but Cody Bellinger, like his rookie year, was amazing, and oh, what yeah. he's been doing in the playoffs the past couple of years, it's just it's incredible. I mean, because like he's so new to the league, but he just works so hard, and he just he I just love his swing. His swing is one of my favorites. I was and, shocked that he had such a bad yeah. year, like historically bad year, and that was after his rookie year was historically great. Exactly. So I don't know what what was the issue with him, but they're gonna need him to figure it out, especially with Max Muncie down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only lose so many impact players before it actually starts to impact their chances because you know they <laughs> they're stocked they're, yeah. they're absolutely loaded who do you think's gonna win the world series if i asked you yesterday you probably would have said the yankees right <laughs> yeah probably you know, that's kind of a you know it's opinionated question but um yeah. i would i think i think the white Sox have a good chance like you know they they have the they had the power. They got Elo Jimenez back. You you missed half the season. Luis Roberts back. Yeah, Luis Robert's back. And yeah. it's just I just they have such a young team full of lots of talent that I just think it gets overlooked sometimes. And I just yeah. I feel like they have a shot. And especially I know the Rays are really good for like uh, a, like a rebuilding type team, but I think the White Sox just just having a young talent. It's just, I think they could win it. Yeah, and they got a veteran staff, so I think that's a pretty good combination. You know, you got Lance Lynn going game one and Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. Also, I wanted to just touch on quick. Uh, you said before we started filming that both of your parents played college volleyball. What impact have they had on your uh, career, either baseball, volleyball, or just in general? Uh, they've just always been there, honestly. It's just they've, you know, my dad, whether it be, you know, just – when I was like little, just throwing a baseball back in the yard, playing wiffle ball with me, or just just having a little fun playing volleyball in the backyard. It was just whatever it was, we would just have some fun and just get touches in, get 
get some practice in, slings in. It didn't matter. It was just, like as long as I was doing something, staying active, and just mm-hmm. you know having fun with what I was doing it was fun. And then my mom, you know, she, you know, she was very good as an athlete. Um, and when she was in college and high school, and you know that's just something I strive to look towards because because I I always strive to be the best and I always will want to be the best even if I don't quite get there it doesn't matter because I know that was my mom's mentality when she was younger and that's the mentality I have now yep that that's the only thing you can do put your best foot forward how about uh favorite pregame meal um that's weird ah I don't even so it's not like a routine you know just whatever in the whatever you're in the mood for yeah, I think it's just like, you know, whatever I have, I, I, just, I just eat it. I don't even know. Maybe a Pop-Tart or something. I don't know. I like it. Well, better a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Brady on from uh, Bayport Boot Point. He said water and a cliff Bar, which is probably the most bland pregame meal. At least Pop-Tart is a little bit unique. How about this? What's your favorite type of food? It doesn't have to be pregame or postgame. Uh, it's got to be lasagna. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. Just a good lasagna. Reminds me of me. When I was in college, they asked on the roster sheet, favorite Favorite food, I put Monagotha. I think I was probably the only person that put that. Wow. Um, favorite type of music? Uh, well, there's some type of rap, but then when you get that good, like, there's a good, like, pop song that gets you upbeat and up and, up and going, yeah. and just, you know, you just get, you get a feeling inside of you, and it just, it just feels good. So anything that, right now, that you've been listening to a lot, what's, who's your favorite artist? Um... Favorite artist, I would say Jack Harlow is really good. I like him. Like he's his stuff just flows and it's just it just it feels a lot more than just you know some of the other 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 artists, artists yeah. that just you know kind of just feel like they spitball things just and it doesn't you know quite like vibe to I a certain it. like overall hip hop yeah. is your favorite genre though. Yeah, I hear you. Nice. Uh, how about favorite Netflix show? Uh, actually, there's a new show that just came out um, called Squid Game. Oh, that's all people are talking about yeah, right now. <laughs> it's, a, it was a, it's actually really good. I'm almost done with it, but how many uh, seasons is it? Uh, it's it's just the first one right so uh. far. I, I hope they make a second one because that'd be pretty cool. Because it's like the most watched season I've heard or yeah. of any Netflix show, which is crazy because every year there's some other show that that has to overcome. I mean, had to overcome Tiger King. That was the most yeah. watched show last year. How about this? What was the best baseball trip you've ever been on? Uh, either uh, when I was younger, I went to Florida for Power Showcase. Um, oh, what year was that? That was when I was about twelve. I went down there. Probably um, with uh, CJ, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did go down with him. Um, yeah, he was he was in the older group. I was in the younger group. Uh, but honestly, the one I won't forget is probably Alabama this year. Uh, just cause it was. I've just never been anywhere near there. Never been to something like that. Um, it was just a cool experience. We're playing top level teams all the whole the whole time. We played top level teams. It was you know a grit and grind. It was hot. It was a new setting, and it was it was just great to play and just you know just high, highly competitive. High. That's yeah. the best type of trips. How about any superstitions before a game? Um, you don't strike me as that type, but I wanted to ask because baseball well, is very superstitious sport by yeah. nature. Uh, I, I mean, I have to stretch the same way every time. That has to happen. If I don't do that, then, then you're going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the same one, can't touch the line. You can oh. never touch the line. All right, so you are stu- superstitious. Yeah. I was going to say, that is like definitely the most 
those are two of the most common ones. Mm-hmm. You know, using the same bat, not washing the uh, sliding shorts after a game yeah. or something like that. How about this dream car? Oh, definitely uh, Audi R8. Okay. Oh, yeah. And what's been your most thrilling moment on the field? So it could have happened here, Alabama, Cooperstown, it doesn't matter. Um, I would say probably in the Smithtown West playoff game. Because when like, we played them a couple games before in the regular season, you know, I was pitching. I didn't have a great game. You know, they, they put some balls in play. You know, eventually they beat us. But then it came to playoffs, and it's, it's it was a different game. It wasn't the same game as the last time, and I showed that. I just, I let one hit, I think, and I just I went out there knowing that if this game is going to be lost, it's because they're it's because I'm going to give it to them. They're not going to beat me. Mm-hmm. That's like my that. mentality. And any goals this year on an individual standpoint? I know everybody wants to win a county and a state championship. That's the cliche answer. Yeah. But anything that Jake has in mind? Um, I'm just, I'm just go out there, pitch well, just pitch better than I did last year and the year before that, and go so out there. So Paul and, Gibson Award. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. That's the headline. Jake wants to win the Paul Gibson Award, <laughs> and that's not? how we're gonna end it tonight. Thank you to our audience for tuning in to the latest episode of the Access Baseball Podcast. Thank you to Showtime Athletics for hosting us, and thank you to the Vitality Center for sponsoring us. Thank you guys.